Hi, and welcome to the 107th episode of the Keen Minds Podcast. We're covering NBC's The Blacklist. This is Season 8, Episode 1, Roanoke. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Saigo. And I am Tessa. And welcome to the 8th season. Here we are, and it was a heck of an opening. Yep. I, so- I, uh, I liked it. Did you? I did. Uh, overall, I did like it. Um, I had I had some complaints early on that I'm starting to sort of... I, I've seen it three times at this point. Um, I, I think I found some things that as long as I'm not misreading it, which is mm-hmm. always the caveat there, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not as angry about this as I thought I was. I'm not as frustrated because the whole Liz just following blindly after a parental figure that may or may not be the parental figure, or even if they are, just following blindly, I'm well and truly over it. And she should be too. Well, but not I, just parental figures. She also did the same with the sister. Yep. Family. Yeah. Family. If you're a blood relative, oh my God, I'll follow you to the end of the world and I'll just check my logic on the way. Who needs logic when you got a relative? And I mean... It just, it really frustrates me when she does that because, and and they did this back with Tom as well. Like, it's not just men not knowing how to write women, um, which can be a problem sometimes. They dumb down the women to do whatever they do. Um, But it's, so it's not that. It's, and I don't, I'm hoping that they're intentionally doing some stuff here, that it's not. Mm-hmm. them forgetting that Liz is as intelligent as they have created her because there's nothing worse than than showrunners creating these fantastic characters and then forgetting all of their awesome traits so that they can you know force force a you know square into a uh, was it a a square peg into a round hole sort of thing to make the try to make the story work yeah. and I, I, I think that Liz has always had those traits. I mean, a lot of times, like we saw, we had Cooper today uh, in this episode saying like, oh, Liz was like this, this young woman, happy. And I'm, you know, I always go back to that first episode. And when we met Liz, she's, I mean, she's demanding. She's like, well, you didn't take out the dog and we are out of milk. And no, you cannot take the car. And there, that, that was there. And, and the rage when, when she was being found out by wrestling, she decided just that, you know what? I'll just go bananas on you. And then uh, you'll be on the defensive and you ignore my things. Um, so I, I think that that was always very well placed there as long as liz is is going after something she wants logic doesn't quite apply to her i mean she's i don't think that she's she's like a little damaged or very damaged according to the episode yeah i mean and that's that's true to an extent but i mean what's the definition of insanity when you do the same thing over and over again and expect different results she has let's see we've had red over and over again when Mm -hmm. she's thought he's her father other figure kirk um kate we had kate we've had jennifer jennifer Um, now is a now is blancat yeah and so i mean we keep having this issue again and again and again 
And I, I just finished, uh, right before we hopped on, I finished my third round of the episode. And I do think, and we can dive deeper into this as we get into the podcast, but I'm really starting to think that at least she is open to the possibility that there was a line in there where she said, I just found out I can't trust my mother. And she was setting it up so that she could, could um, you know, spirit Dom away with blonde cat. But that line somehow rang more true than anything else she had been telling the task force the whole time. That she, in that moment, said, I have to find the answers for myself. And to do that, I need to keep going with this and, and follow this down. We, I, I think she also believed, Blonde Cat, that as long as Dom was near Red, no answers. She was never going to get those answers. It's the same path she sort of took when she put Red in, in, uh, in, jail, yeah. in jail. You know, she knew that as long as Reddington was there, he was going to continue putting blockers up in her path. Now, thankfully, she's not putting him on death row to do this, but potentially Yay. putting Dom there. Um, I mean, it was that that was a cold move <laughs> she made. Yeah. And um, so. So, yeah, three, three epi- or three rounds in, I'm leaning more towards Liz has a plan, even if it's not a step by step plan. Still, at least I don't think she I don't think she's fully on board Team Cat as much as she would like people to believe she is Mm. especially blonde cat because let's face it she has already seen the kind of damage this woman will inflict she saw it with Ilya. she saw what she did to dimbe and to dimbe's imam i mean this woman clearly has no qualms just ripping people to shreds Mm -hmm. but i would like to know who's watching agnes right now because that kid just was not mentioned. Um, I hope that Scotty got a call. Come pick your, your granddaughter up. Because right. I decided to go help my my the one I suppose is my mother uh, to go torture my grandfather so that we get answers about who Reddington is. <laughs> Scotty's like, all right, that tracks. Let's go. <laughs> Oh, no, I was joking with someone the other day. I said it would be hilarious if Scotty's looking after Agnes, blonde cat comes to, like, kidnap Agnes or something. Scotty's like, you're not Katarina. <laughs> it's like, you know, cut scene. <laughs> that would be my yeah. favorite scene ever, I think. <laughs> so, um, do you want to talk about, about Cooper first? Yeah. Let's, we got let's very good scenes with Cooper. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Um, Cooper, for a while now, has had this really interesting approach to Reddington. Um, I mean, you and I have talked about over the years that there's obviously background there. Um, they, they've worked together before. He knew him. Uh, they, they had the back and forth in the pilot of Smells Like Hubris. I mean, and they have developed this respect for each other over the, the last seven years that they've worked together. But I think it was season four, we started really seeing Cooper start to have these honest conversations. And at the time, um, 
oh, I don't remember exactly which episode, but it was the uh, it was the um, the thrushes episode because they were in that underground bunker. They were sitting yeah, first there. Time they were actually private. Yeah, for sure. They were, they were sitting there and discussing, but it was very much a a discussion between them, not a lecture on Cooper's end. But as time has gone on, I think Cooper appears to have gotten more frustrated, and he whether he knows that Liz had that streak in her, and I think that he probably did. I mean, he saw it when she came in. It's and he's he's good at reading people, so my guess is he probably knew she had that potential to be this person. And he feels that Red took advantage of that, which the argument can be made that he did. Um, apparently, Red feels like it was destiny and there was no, you know, he's just given her the tools she needs to survive all of this. Um, but I think it's an interesting juxtapose between them that you have Red in survival mode. He's just been trying to, I, what we've said for a long time, that we think that Red genuinely cares about her. And I think he is trying to get her through this alive. But Cooper seems, uh, at least view when I see him, Fred's more on the get her out alive sort of thing. And Cooper's get her out alive and don't let her lose who she is. And he said that to Liz several times. You know, I just mm-hmm. don't want you to lose who you are. And we've seen yeah. that multiple times. And I think he's... The last couple, three years, he's just started really blaming Red for the, the, the damage. The question is, who is Liz really? Because as I was, you know, I was thinking about all those wigs that she was wearing in season one. And, you know, there's been explanations for them. I never quite got it. And the more I think about it, the more I think think about the wig being a symbol for deception for her not being who she is Um, and and we saw that darkness and and it was the reason why she and Tom had a good relationship is because they share that darkness and I think that Liz has always had that streak of darkness and I think that that persona that Cooper saw was not really her. This is her. I agree with that to a degree. Um, I think Cooper sees what he wants to see sometimes, uh, both with Liz and life in general. And, I mean, we saw it when Wrestler turned in his, his confession to him and Cooper just tucked it away and was like, nope, not looking at it. And so, I mean, he, he definitely sees what he wants to see. And I think that he has chosen this group of people to be his family in a lot of ways. And he feels a great need to protect them. And and he has. He's gone to bat for Liz so many times. I mean, he got demoted at 1.4, you know, when he let her run in season two, at the end of season two. Um, he's welcomed her back with open arms every time she does. Do you think he will do the same this time? Well, he's the one that ordered the manhunt. So. He had to. I mean, did he? Did he really? Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean. 
yeah, she abducted Dom, but did anybody else know about it? He knew about it. He did. And that, that goes back to, I guess, if he... It goes back to, to um, Kuwait. He's, he's not going to let those things... Plus, there is the rest of the task force. I mean, Liz is now using them, yeah. um, lying to them. And I think that was a big thing. I think that was a big uh, a big turning point for him when, when she lied straight to their faces. Yeah. It, I, I have... Um, you know, the more interesting conversation to me of Cooper with, in that part was what he was telling Red and they were talking like like Red, like they had had this conversation. And I always felt as we go in, you know, further and further into the blacklist, I always felt that there is massive amounts of conversations that we just got pieces of them. And when we get the whole thing, it's going to look very different. Um, because the way Cooper was saying, you know, it's his destiny. And, and it, it seems like, well, how come that going into the darkness is her destiny? I mean, is that a reference that Red is her father? And there is like no way because she has it on both sides. Um, and, and that remind me of what he told Kate. He told she was born into a world of criminals. So even even when she was, you know, supposedly um, Raymond Reddington was a upright uh, Navy officer, that Red is still calling that world she was born into a world of criminals. So I thought it was very interesting. And one thing that that I that I'm, I loved about this episode, and I don't know if you notice it, I bet you did. There was a lot of going back and revisiting territory. There was Cooper telling uh, Red about how Liz was when she first came in. There was Liz talking to Red about to to to, to wrestler about you. You didn't trust me at the beginning. You should have trusted yourself and not trusting me. Um, there was she's sitting in the same bench Red was sitting on on the, the beginning. Um, there was Red thinking, telling Cooper, you know, she was always going to turn out that this is her destiny. Um, there was a lot of revisiting of that that was so nice to see, very well done, very subtle. Well, it's I find it a much more organic way to bring a spotlight onto the areas that that you need your audience to focus in on rather than doing those recap episodes like we got in season two i hate those episodes they were really popular for a while and thankfully they haven't redone another one i hope they never become popular again despite (laughs) recap episodes um but I feel like doing it in this way with like brief flashbacks like they did. They, they, I mean, it wasn't like it was a, a whole episode of it. It was just like a moment while she's thinking about it. Here's this flashback to this. Mm. Here's like you said, Liz sitting on the bench in front of the FBI building. And uh, remembering all the things that Red told her. Exactly. Like it was because of your father. And it's a nice way to, for, for the writers to bring that in and say, okay, and, and it was Daniel Cerrone wrote this one, so that, that made a lot of sense. But 
it brings the spotlight into these are the areas that you need to be thinking about moving into what a lot of people have theorized is the final season. As we're moving towards that end goal. They haven't announced it as a final season. They haven't, season. which is it's really bizarre. I think that there was something they said over, this, over the, the hiatus that made me think, oh, no, we're getting season nine. Oh, really? Well, I, I have learned over the last couple of seasons, I'm just going to stop. You know? <laughs> I don't know. But regardless, we've been told we're moving towards the end. Mm-hmm. And so as we're moving towards the end, as we're in this very tentative place right now, launching into it, it was a great way to bring it around and say, okay, look here. Like, mm-hmm. don't forget these pieces. These are the pieces of the puzzle that you need to make what's about to happen mm-hmm. make sense. Mm-hmm. But for but for the uh, the re- it, it was a nice parallel to go back and revisit the beginning, yep. and and it was done over and over and over and it was just it it just created like a musical coda to 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 the episode of we're going back and now things are a little different and and it's Liz sitting in front of the of the FBI building about to betray them. So yeah. it, it was very, very nice. Well, now I think we have to talk about wrestler. <laughs> yeah, I've had people asking me about that. Um, so I, as anybody that's been listening to the podcast for any length of time knows, one, I'm a Keen Squared fan, and two, I also believe there's a good chance Tom will pop back up in the end. Um, way too many fake deaths. It, it, will make re- it, it can make sense in the writing. Um, it's just a matter of if they that's the direction they go or not. Mm-hmm. Saying that, I have really mixed emotions over the whole what's being called the Keenler kiss at the end. Mm-hmm. Because, one, wrestlers are really, I mean, in this world, everything is, you know, in this world. He's a pretty good guy. And I was like, well, he deserves better than to be manipulated. All right. Um, but. You know, it, it was an interesting callback. We've seen Liz do this before. Um, oh yes, yeah, she did it in uh, in three eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was no, also two. No, three eleven. Um, three o nine. No, three o eight. It was season three. Uh, yeah. It was uh, the one where where uh, Reddington had been taken. Yeah. Um, Kings the of the Kings Highway. Kings of the Highway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, we've seen her do this before, but never does someone. It's bringing it closer home with this. This is. This is her island of calm. Wrestler has been her support team through this. He's been someone she's trusted. And I, yeah, I think I'm getting a face from Tessa. <laughs> yeah. Well, we talked about last year. I said, I hope that she was being honest with him when she told him that. I'd, I feel like on yeah, Wrestler. That, that was the least romantic thing she could have told. Basically okay. said, I okay. save you because okay. I need you. Not because I care for you. It's because I need you. It's And if we have any Keenlers listening, this is not me bashing your ship. This is not me. But if that had been the Keen Squared, like if I were a Keenler shipper, I would not have been excited for that kiss. Like that's not where you want to launch your relationship. You, you know what? You know what? What my thoughts was like. Oh no, Resler, you're going to die. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I took Tom from me. I don't want him to take Resler too. <laughs> I gonna felt, kill I me. I mean, honestly, when she did that, I was like, oh my god, this is just not going well. Poor Resler is not gonna survive the season. 
these women, I mean, and you know me, you know that I think that that she's she's Blancat's biological daughter, but she wasn't raised by her. So for me, I think that Liz took like the worst of everybody. And now any man that comes in contact with with both of her mothers end up dead or running or I mean, this this woman is like the betrayer in chief. It's there is is there anybody she isn't betraying? So I think that and Liz is turning to be exactly the same way. And if she goes and kisses you, that's a bad thing. That doesn't turn out well. I will say, and I especially was if you take your gone, because that was the reason she kissed him. Oh yeah, it's the only well. I I said back in season two and three that I thought I saw some romantic interest on wrestler's side. Um, Tom obviously thought he saw it. He kept calling it and making comments, mostly snide. But that's one reason that they came to, I think that's one reason they came to blows as much as they did is because Tom felt a little insecure. I mean, he and Liz were on rocky ground and here is this quote unquote perfect, you know, cop that I think he felt a little insecure with all of that. Um, But I've said for years that to me, their window, if they wanted to do that, you know, if they wanted to do Keenler or if they wanted to do a, um, a love triangle, needed to be in season three. And it wasn't. And so they, they missed that. I Obviously, Liz was reading some sort of attraction to be able, you know, for that to be what she did to, to steal his gun. I mean... She could have done multiple things, but she chose to kiss him. That's that's very intimate. That's that that was a very intentional decision that she made there. It, you um, know what she, it reminded me of Blonde Cat with Red in season six, mm-hmm. when she kisses him just to, to stab him with a needle. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, but you're not wrong. Um, I mean, it was it was I felt so bad for for wrestler and I'm like, don't fall for it. I mean, this this woman already is is having wrestler spend his entire life with that thing for what he did with dummy marking. Yeah, that was then pulling that on him. I mean, then he gets he gets, you know, he's finally kind of like put that aside and he's like kind of like ignoring it then then red come into his life and he's like yep i'm not and then he kills hitchens and now he's under the the foot of of uh, prescott then he gets out out of under there out of red and he's like well i don't owe you anything because i didn't want to be get out of from under one boot to go onto another and now liz is the one who yes thank you i love you very much but I need you very much. But remember, I know where the body is buried. Yeah, that was I, and that's what I mean. Wrestler deserves better. Like, oh, absolutely. I, this is like this I was is horrifying. I, I love Liz. Like, I will go to war for Liz. Love her character. I I don't always agree with her. In fact, I often disagree with her. But I love her dearly, and I I will go to battle for her. In that moment, I was just like, oh my God, poor Ress. Like, he does not deserve what he just got. So, yeah. That's, yeah. Honestly, like, I feel like as a shipper, I should be, like, on my, my ship here and, like, angry for it. But I think I'm more just disappointed for Ress. Like, not because I want them together or anything, but because, like, it was just a crappy way that she went about it. 
So, well, I, she's, I mean, she's been manipulating, lying to them. And, and Bresser is the one who had actually, if anybody has actually got her answers, has been wrestler by asking questions that nobody else is asking. Like, why would Red keep the Red identity instead of just getting a new face and a new name? Okay, so I think this is a really cool segue um, into discussing N13. Because it was such a fascinating addition to this. Yes. Um, and definitely, like you're saying, callbacks to season one with, you know, Red selling Cougar secrets six. and this and that. And so... Um, the Cougar Six come to mind. Uh, just a lot of callbacks. Um, but let's let's bridge it from Rustler into N13 by saying, and I'll, I'll pose the question to you, why do you think... Liz, even if she's chasing down in 13, which it looks like she is, it, you know, whether she trusts Kat or not, it looks like she is trying to chase down answers about this. She feels like that's a threat. She needs to know if that's red, if that's dumb, who it is, national security threat. May disagree with her path, but she seems to be looking to that for a goal. Why do you think she would not bring that to the task force or at the very least bring it to wrestler who was so freaking determined to help her and who has proven time and time again that he's willing to help her hide the bodies. Um, she did mention N13 to the task force. Uh, she mentioned it to wrestler and yeah. I, I do think she name dropped that on purpose. Um, well, she did it. I know the immediate reason she did it was to get them to give them something like a shiny, bright, shiny object to chase with a nice story. Um, the the thing is, he she thinks that is red, and and the story of that blonde cat gave her doesn't make any freaking sense. I've been through it three times. So let's let's go through the story. Yeah. Because I think that to be able to find that answer, we do need to spell out the story. Yeah. So Blonde Cat said that N13 was an unidentified mole within the KGB. It was a turncoat, never identified, um, that apparently now or then ciphered intel from all over the place. Okay. Um Compromising, compromising file, putting together okay. compromising file. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Continue because you're doing the whole from yep. from what the story that that story Kat that gave. she told. Uh, talked about a compromising file, which reminded me. I mean, they're talking about the Sikorsky archives, but we've talked about that. It also reminds us of the fulcrum that Red had. Mm-hmm. Um. So there are a lot of things in here that seem to be pointing to red, but I feel like when they point to red this early, it's not going to be him. Um, but, uh, and the, that she said that it's either Reddington or Dom or both, but that she thinks Reddington surrendered himself to the FBI to, to quote red and wrestler in the pilot to get it at their Intel. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's exactly what Blonde Cat told Liz. And if Liz believes this, 
she definitely needs to be stripped of her profiling. The FBI license, um, probably any degree that she acquired in her life, and put back into Logic 101. My BS monitor, like, neon flashing lights. I mean, that That story story needed to be heavily coated, like you do barbecue, with mommy and da and 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 Masha and I wanted you safe in order to tie together that mishmash of nonsense that yeah. was that. So let's 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 break that story because you know um so N13 is a KGB agent or what they thought was a KGB agent, correct? Because she steals secrets from the KGB. All good. So who is this person? It has to be a Russian or a KGB agent or a KGB sympathizer. Then it's then a turncoat. So it turns out that he's not spying for the KGB. So he's spying against the KGB. Now, if you notice the way when she when Liz asked the question if it's still operative, she just completely evaded the question and said, depends on who you ask, and is compiling information about other things. Which, by the way, is a very red sort of thing to do, in which Liz calls red on it at a different point in the episode, but either didn't notice it with Katarina or Blonde Cat or didn't call her on it, one or the other. Exactly. So she she just went into a sedgeway that had nothing to do with the question and said something that sounded like an answer but wasn't an answer at all. Well, so far we're good. It could happen. It could have that somebody who was KGB or who the KGB believed was KGB and turned out to have been not KGB and stole secrets from them could be still also compiling secrets about somebody else. You know, that's basically what the Shimon was doing, was basically taking secrets that he knew from everybody and just selling them to the bigger. Um, so far, so good. Now we get to the fun part. Um, because Red has not got any information from the task force. He gives them information. They are generally have no idea what they're doing. I was going to say, I, I will interject here um, because I, I went back and listened to this story very carefully on the last round mm-hmm. uh, because it, it is so convoluted and so all over the place. She doesn't, she said that he's after the names of, of higher ranking people, not necessarily the intel, but the people who are responsible for, that, that are in the government, that are connected to various things, is what it sounded like. It was all so vague that yeah. it was meant to lead Liz, let Liz travel down whatever but, path. But remember, sense. who's the one who gives them people to talk to? Yeah. It's always red. It like, is. go talk to this senator. He knows what they're talking about. Or talk with this person. Usually the person who gives them the information, who comes to red? Um Hannah Baker, Hitchens, they come to rent for to solve a problem. 
so that makes no sense whatsoever. And now your 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 antennas have to go starting to go up because go back to to episode one. Wrestler said, "You're here to get our intelligence." Red's response was, "Oh, I'm very happy with my own. Why would I want <laughs> your yours? intelligence? Yeah, I don't need you. I don't need your intelligence. Yeah, so it makes no sense. And then you start thinking about about what this really means because. Blockcat, like most con people, are able to do that. And, and we saw it with Tom, the way he did it. You use the truth as much as you can and divert from it as little as you can. And when you do, you just do a few things enough to make the story into a completely different different one. So Don so even far, made the comment when when Liz said you lied to me, said not all of it. Yeah. And so that's yeah. When, when you're telling a whopper to be able to keep it straight, some of it has to be true. Yeah. And and the more tr- the truth sells it because people have this ingrained thing that tells them this is true. So the whole thing must be true. And because we're lazy instead of having a sense that tells them, well, that sounds true, but this doesn't. This doesn't make any sense. So when you go back there and Blancat is saying they both are, but that's not true because in all these things that the directive, they were hunting her. They were hunt. The directive was to hunt and kill Katerina Rostova. They, the directive is not about getting a file, not the Sikorsky archive. You can get a file from a dead person. For all you know, they got a death switch and now you're, now you're in big trouble. So that has nothing to do with the Sikorsky archive. So let's go back to what what Blancat actually said. This is a turncoat. So I don't know if you remember um, among my theories that I've said always that Katarina was pretending to be a KGB, pretending Mm -hmm. to have been recruited. And I keep saying that Dom also was pretending to be recruited. Um, and I, you know, I've gone over this and, you know, you can go back to all those episodes like, uh, before and, and hear me blab about this a lot. So that sounds actually like that would be N13. But when did N13 was active? It was stolen in 1990. Now, we have a very, very interesting moment in Requiem, confirmed by Orion, and which features in Rasvet. So that is a trip that Katerina undertook in very dangerous conditions to go to Russia, specifically to St. Petersburg. She went to Moscow, she went to St. Petersburg. Why? To warn Dom doesn't make any any sense you know what you could call um nebraska but you cannot call moscow doesn't make any sense so why did she go there and that trip which in rasford is located after cape may which makes even less sense if you remember what she told kate in requiem she said i have to travel it will be weeks before i can come back from asha that's why she sent Masha to Sam, because she had to travel. And if you look at the at the motel room in Requiem, 
and the motel room in um, Rasvet. Katerina was staying in the same motel as Kate. That room has the same covers that they were in. And there, I mean, it's once you see it, you're like, oh, yeah. She just needed the nanny to be out of the way. She be, she needed to be unencumbered. Why would she stay in the same place? And that could just be a shooting location thing. It's not. The, the motel our rooms are different, but the covers are the same. And it's not the only covers they use. They use all the covers. They're all hideous. They're motel covers. Um, so hideous is part of what they have to be. It is what it is. But it is exactly the same. So it makes sense. It tells him, don't get out of the room, stay in the room, don't go out if needed. But when she needed to travel, she didn't trust Kate. She sent Liz to Sam, probably not with intention that she was going to stay there forever, just enough so that to get off the heat, which is what Sam tells her. So she goes with Ilya to Russia, of all places. And that's in 1990. That's right after the fire in the 10 days after the fire, and then in 1990, now Blancat is saying that information disappeared. And 13 is Katerina. She was pretending to be a KGB agent, but she never was. She was really a CIA agent masquerading as a KGB agent. Yeah, I that think that makes sense. Maybe. Maybe. Why not? Because <laughs> I'm always a skeptic. <laughs> uh, eventually, I'll wear you down to a little knob. <laughs> it wouldn't be fun if we agreed on everything. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, it doesn't make sense. And is it active? Yeah, maybe. But But she never said that. She never said, yes, it's still active. She says, depending on who you ask. Well, so you, you think that the real Katarina is in 13? Yes. Well, I mean, that would, that does, that part of it does make sense to me because I've said since last season, I think the real Katarina has the Sikorsky archives. So, yeah, yeah I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Um, the CIA, I, I'm not, I don't disbelieve it. Like, because you made a very logical you know, path there, laid it out very logically for me. Um, I personally think it's more in line with the cabal, that she was involved with the cabal, which may mean she did some stuff for the CIA. I mean, that could kind of overlap there, kind of like Tom, while working for St. Regis, also, you know, St. Regis was hired out, it sounded like, by the CIA at certain points. Um, so... My guess is when you get hired out by different things, it gets very messy because obviously Fitch was very highly ranked within the CIA. How did how did Fitch get to her? She was supposed to be mythical. She, I think that she was always a CIA agent that had got in that had got into the KGB. And I mean, ask yourself, what was she really doing for Fitch? What was Fitch doing? Fitch was trying to find, identify the people that could go with his plans and find the weaknesses of those who couldn't. That's what he did. 
he convinced the ones that could be bribed. He put in jail or or did things that sent them out to Siberia and got them out of the way. And um, and I then he so. had, yep. And then he did that. He needed he needed a KGB agent that wasn't really a KGB agent. So I've got in my notes here um, on the list of things that don't make sense out of the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so let's just say, for the sake of argument, that either Dom or Red are in 13. Just mm-hmm. for the, I, I don't think so, but just for the sake of argument. Mm-hmm. Even if you assume that, why on earth, and let's say Blonde Cat is really Katarina, is Dom's daughter. Oh, my God. I cannot even go that way. I know. I know. I'm just sake of argument. (sighs) Okay. I'll try. I'll try. It's going to be hard. hard. It's it's very hard. But I'm I'm just showing how much this doesn't make sense, the story that she's telling. Mm -hmm. Even if you assume both of those things, that she's trying to convince Liz of, why on earth would her father and her lover and her best friend, Ilya, I mean, which there obviously was some connection there between Blonde Cat and Ilya. Mm-hmm. But why would those three frame her? Her, of all people. Yeah, like there wasn't another, uh, yeah, there wasn't another else. KGB agent that was disposable. Exactly. Like, hello, Berlin. There you are. You're in jail already. And your daughter is a dissident. There you go. Frame that guy. Monty just- Morozov. And the older Morozov that ended up the finance minister, uh, there was a shortage of of KGB agents. The the people they could have framed, countless. Why would they choose Katerina Rostova? And yeah, it just that's what I'm saying. Even if you believe everything she's trying to convince Liz of, it just doesn't make sense. Nothing about it adds up. Now it might make a little more sense if she's not <laughs> Katerina Rostova and she was. A doppelganger. She was a doppelganger, and they were trying to. And anybody reading my current fic will see the line of thinking here. Trying to put a a trying to redirect people that were looking for cat onto someone else. Yeah. Yeah. That location is great. That's the best thing a spy can have. Absolutely. And so, but then she's not Dom's daughter. She's not Red's lover. She's not. She's not Red's lover, but she has said and actually said it to somebody she had no reason to lie to that Red meant a great deal to her once. Yeah. So I I believe that. I mean, because obviously he went looking for her. I also think that Ilya was close with her. Yeah. I have bad feelings about that going to warn her, quote unquote. (laughs) Yeah, I think that that wasn't as innocent as it looked. But definitely, I mean, she was close to all these people. Why would they frame her? And the reason is, like, they, they, this this whole thing brings me back to the Kungur Six. Um. And the reason why it does is because, and I never analyzed it, um, you know, this is past history, but I've always been fascinated by the Kungur Six, uh, especially because if you look at the story, the way things are. I was going to say, uh, for, for those that don't know, can you do a quick recap? 
Yes. The Cougar Six it. was supposed to be this list of Soviet spies that were a group called Cougar Six because they first surfaced in the city of Cougar in Russia. And they were uh, infiltrating the uh, secrets and have done a lot of damage to intelligence in the United States. And they have been briefly infiltrated in the 1970s. And then they disappear and nobody knew who they were, or if they were men or women, or what the composition, or there were some pictures. At the end, it turned out that the Cougar Six were actually six suit, uh, nuclear uh, suitcases, um, dirty bombs, that uh, were hidden in throughout the United States. And so the story, you know, as a, as a nukes, make perfect sense. You will hide nukes in the United States and be able to detonate them when you want. What doesn't make sense is call them Cougar Six because most of the spies that have been in the United States or in England or they have not been called by the name of a Russian town. They've been called the Cambridge Five or the... They're, they're always by the city in which they were spies on, not a city where they first surfaced. So if they surfaced in Cougar, that means that they were American or British or non-Soviet spies who were stealing stuff in Cougar, not the opposite. So the interesting thing about that is, is it this the same situation? And if you remember to the casket and Cassandra, that's the same thing. They told her, oh, no, this is a list of, um, of uh, American agents um, infiltrated. And it wasn't. It was the other way around. So, but making it more palatable for Cassandra was to make her believe that she wasn't helping the enemy. So there is there is a whole thing here of switching sides, like looking at things in a mirror. So you think that that this was a KGB agent, a Russian that was spying and turn instead of looking at what this makes sense, which is this is probably an American spy that infiltrated Russia and stole those packets. They just don't know who it is. And then they have an, an agent that up until now, they're still hunting. I mean, I guess that could be red then. <laughs> but I don't think it is. Red doesn't. I don't think red so. is not compiling intelligence, so you're missing yeah. one of the equations. I also just her her general her being the long cat. Her idea that the only reason he came and this I, I said before we started recording the podcast, I said beware, I'm I'm actually about to get on the red defense train today, so it's. <laughs> You know, do we have a bell? It's it's in recording. It'll be there. We go. Um, But Blonde Cat said that that Red reinserted himself into Liz's life for this intelligence, and he's been using her for this, this and that. This that makes no sense. It doesn't. It just we have seen him speak about Liz. To other people that like Dimbe, Dimbe is a really good one to go off of because Dimbe seems to have the whole story, mm-hmm. um, and the way that they discuss Liz, 
nothing, nothing like what Blonde Cat was saying. And I think for me, the most damning piece of evidence against that statement was Kate May. And watching his reaction when he thought Liz was dead, it wasn't the reaction of a man that just lost an in. A valuable asset. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. A valuable asset. It was a man who just lost everything. Yeah. Not everything as in intelligence and yeah. his goal for... The reason to live. Emot- That's why he left his gun. A yep. man who leaves his gun doesn't care to protect himself. He was done. If he got killed, he got killed. He probably went to King May thinking about suicide because he had nothing to live for. I think that's why he had the the quote-unquote conversation with Katerina about suicide because he was contemplating it and and he hated himself for it because he he remembered what he went through when she when he thought she was dead. Yeah. And so yeah, I that is for me personally the piece that speaks most strongly against it but it's not the only piece that speaks against no. it what? the idea that he yes he's been manipulating her yes he has used her in many ways and used her want to have information about her past to to manipulate her into doing certain things absolutely that part's true anybody with half a brain cell can see that but that doesn't mean and we have talked about this again and again and again Reddington thinks he's doing it for a good reason. He's not using her for a personal gain. He, I, he's either protecting someone else and or thinks he's protecting her. I think the other person he thinks he's protecting is Katerina. Yeah, I think he's doing both. I think he's protecting yeah. Katerina. And I, I think, think he, he's pro- I think he's, he's protecting Liz because Liz will not survive. The yeah. Liz in in season one would have not survived yep. in this world. She's what he said is I taught her to think. I taught her to examine motivations, and still to this day she still doesn't do it. She doesn't. I mean, she's better, but. I mean, the, the, the first thing that anybody hearing this story would be like, why did you need to have, she harassed it, correct? So she was in the car and Dom was giving him this, this soft story about the last time she, he saw Katerina was in the, in the back uh, mirror, in the, in the rear view mirror of his car when she gave him the key to the place. Akida, a place that he goes, he went all the time. And Blonde Katerina is saying that it's needed Red to lead her to Dom, who's living within driving distance of a place that supposedly his daughter gave him a key. And the answer to that is that we know she somewhat did because the mother was writing a letter that was sent there. So, hmm, let's see. So how come you don't know things that you should? Because you're not who you are. The problem is that, and this is fascinating, and I, I'm just such in awe of the writers, because they, the way they set things up, it's by, you know, they we have a, a woman who have had two fathers, he had the real father, and he had had Sam. And now we're getting, you know, my theory, that we 
she has a biological mother and that was absolutely true what what blonde cat was telling her and if you analyze what she was telling it's like oh my god she's telling her the truth she's just vanishing with a bunch of lies but the truth is there um that gave her up to spare her something or because she was forced to whatever it is so that she would be brought up in this country. But that was not the Katerina and the story that she has already had in Rasvet and that she remembered from being left in the, in the motel room and all that. That's not it. She wasn't left there to be brought in America. She was left because she was on the run. And even Liz said that, but then it doesn't compute. Well, that, she was kidnapped from, from Canada. Yes, and she thinks she was kidnapped from Russia. So Liz is not putting together things, and and I get it, Liz. But that's the thing is, and that that's the fence I'm sitting on. That three three rounds through this episode, I finally came to the conclusion. I think Liz is. I don't think she trusts this woman fully, and I think that that is why I think she's following down this path. Just see where it leads her. I think she thinks that she does need Dom away from Reddington to be able to get information. And to do that, she needs to decide with Katarina, blonde cat. But I don't think she's sold on... I, she, may be, she may be sold on her being her mother, but I don't think she's sold on her telling her the truth. Well, she could be her mother and not be Katarina. Yeah. I mean, we always have that weird phrase that, that Katerina told Kay, you will not love her. And at the time, you know, it always kind of like bothers you. Why would she say that most mothers will want the baby to be loved? And But it makes sense if that's not her daughter. I mean, we, we heard Scotty talk to Tom about having that connection to a biological child that even that, you know, she always felt comfortable with him and reminded him the way she looked at him. Um, so it makes sense that that Katerina would be a little insecure because she doesn't have that connection with that child. So and, and it's funny because if you remember, there was a copy of um Flora Segunda in in season two that was in that house and that's a story about a replacement child so in a way I wonder if you know if Liz had two mothers a biological one this woman who gave her up so that she would be brought up by the other Katerina not in Russia and that's why and if you look at what the things that that Katerina is saying the other Jan it's, it's uh, wrote today a fascinating post on Reddit about following what this woman had been saying and how how she's been able to hoodwink Red is because Red is totally mistaking her motivations. She's never, I mean, she plays beautifully. You know, the, the desperate uh, woman, why would you betray me to Ilya? And I really don't want to do that, which may be a smidgen of truth in all that. But she's telling them what they want to hear, but she's never being haunted. She's never being haunted by the Townsend Directive. Why would the Cassandra brothers fake her death instead of killing her and take the whole thing? 
why i mean she was she was having the same face just an older version instead of having her face changed it doesn't make any sense and red is not seeing it because red is caught up in in feeling bad and and that if she if red realized that this woman is actually just haunting and she was never haunted she has to be aligned with with townsend townsend was going to pay a um a a, a bounty because oh yeah i did kill her pinky swear well i mean if townsend's looking for the sikorsky archives if the real cat has the sikorsky archives and nobody can find her because she's deep in hiding then yeah i mean that's blonde cat is following this Mm. this down to get to reddington to get to dom and then eventually yeah and i think that if she has half the chance she'll use the same way she would use liz to draw red out she'll use liz to draw the real katarina out i think that was exactly what what dom was saying you know we have to protect her because we're going to use her to get to her okay so um you just Yay, segue. Um, so I had, um, oh, where is it? Hang on. But one thing I oh, wanted to say um, before we sedge into that, into whatever you're sedging into. Well, I, I is was just going to say that this was about if red was the mole or mm-hmm. not. Um, okay. Is, is that still on topic enough or do you want to say what you're going to say? Uh, yeah, we can go there. Okay. Um, no, I was going to say that we, we talk about the, the lexical ambiguities that they use so well in this show. And the converse, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the conversation they're having when, um, when Dom says, you know, uh, uh, or uh, when, when I think Reddington says, oh, we want the same thing. Uh, with her help, we'll get it. Oh, my God. And then I'm immediately after, Dom says, I want Masha's trust. And so it leads you as you're, especially the casual viewer who's, who's not picking it to shreds like we are. Okay, her, Masha, he's talking about Liz. That's just the immediate, that's where your brain goes. It's a very, and I didn't catch it till the second round. And I went, oh, oh, okay, interesting that they're not talking about that. They want you to think that they are. They're leading you down that, but they are not talking. I think that they were talking about Blonde Cat. And so, but it, it's entirely possible because I mean, a, unless there is something that that um, it, it's a very interesting thing that that happened in that conversation with Dom is that let me see how I can connect this, Dom. Dom is protecting Katerina. That that seems is very obvious, but but there is another thing that we have to differentiate here, which is who wants what, because that's understanding the motivations. It's the most important part. And and Townsend wants a dead Katerina. I mean, he will pay a bounty if they bring her a head like Brett was carrying around in a bag and like somebody had paid a bounty for to your body to to get so and a dead body doesn't get them the Sikorsky archive in fact 
as we said before, if they have a death switch, that may actually bring the archive to be used. So that doesn't quite work. So we got one entity in the form of Townsend, and that and he seems to be allied with Russian mafia. We haven't seen any Americans in there. Just it seems to be all Russian mafia. It's Motya Morozov, it's the Kassanjan brothers, and they want one thing. They want a dead Katerina. On the other hand, we have the Russians. I mean, the, I mean, by this, the the former KGB, whatever name they're, you know, they arose by any other name. Um, they are interested in Katerina. They gave wrestler helpful advice in telling him that the man he was looking for was Katerina's father on the, the guise of threatening him. Um, but all they did is just basically tell him, yeah, you're looking for Katerina's Rostova father, just in case he didn't know. Um, so the Russians seem to be looking for the archive and N13. So what does Townsend want? Probably either a dead Katerina or or he wants to get possession of the archive or to barter that death in order to do something with the with N13 and the archive. But they cannot want the same thing. So you got two players there going. And that's is fascinating because there is the players, there's so many players. And if you remember the map, we got the cabal, we got the competition, and we got the associates. So which is which? I still think that we are going to see the Bond faction of the Cabal brought back in. Mm-hmm. Hopefully soon. Yeah. I, I think and, and, that's been lingering out on the yeah. on the outskirts. Yeah, and, and that makes sense that they're more interested in N13 because that will give them a very powerful instrument to control whoever that information is. Because if you noted what what Blancat never told us is what's those information packages? Are those 13 agents in the American government? Are those 13 agents um, moles? There wouldn't be moles because they, would have, they wouldn't have said on that information. They would have just... So they, that, those 13 packages must be 13 American, um, Russian agents infiltrating either American or British or French or, or whatever. Yeah. Or throughout the world. So that may be actually that faction of the cabal of that is in Bonn. Be interesting. We got the names from the Sikorsky archives. I like it. Yeah. So there is, I mean, there is there is a lot of fascinating things happening. Um and and Dembe and uh, there was Red seems to to be torn and what what it was it was a great scene and I was very impressed with uh Ryan's in in his uh taking over the character of Ron, of uh, Dom. I think he did a great yeah. job. Oh yeah. And if you weren't watching closely, it'd be tough to realize. Actually, there men. was a somebody in Reddit that says, "I didn't even notice that they were changed." It's like, yeah. What planet are you living on and what kind of observation yeah. powers are those? <laughs> um uh, most casual viewers probably wouldn't have. A lot of them wouldn't. 
I mean, they they look very similar. Uh, the voice was different. The accent was different. Mm-hmm. Um, but but he was I, having trouble breathing too, so that made it you know yeah, it was labor I, breathing. Two different men. I yeah. mean, but just with with the whole uh, they they just looked very similar, and the way they were shooting the scenes. It was made it difficult to tell. I mean, it oh, worked. they did a fantastic job. I was really impressed with them on it. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's... Obviously, there's nothing you can do when a char- when, when an actor dies suddenly like well, that. Well, now you have I mean, Glenn. We, I was going to say, Glenn we also... Is, lost, oh, uh, my God. I am that's so sad. 2020, I hate it so much. Yeah. But one thing that was interesting in what, in what uh, Dom was saying was... Um, and I was impressed by that scene. That was a very beautiful mm-hmm. scene. When he said, I'm an impossible position. Yes. And what more impossible position to be than to have to choose between your daughter and your granddaughter. Exactly. That's That's honestly the only position I can think of is that he can't tell Liz, I'm protecting your mother. In the same reason that the reason Red couldn't say, I'm protecting your mother. Because as soon as Liz finds out, even if she believes it, if she doesn't believe it, worst case scenario, she goes straight to Blonde Cat with it. I I guess if she didn't believe it, she wouldn't say that. But she would track down Katerina. Yeah, not only that. If that is, if she finds out that Katerina is not her biological mother, she will throw her under the under the bus in a heartbeat, like Sam. Maybe, yeah. Oh, you kill Sam, not oh my God, I'm so heartbroken that Sam died. He was sick. No, you kill Sam, and he had to tell me something. That's you know, and you know, I'm not gonna forgive you for it because you took that thing from me. Not you took Sam from me. You took something that I needed to know from Sam, and. I mean, Liz has shown this over and over. She will throw whoever she thinks is not a biological relative under the bus for the promise of the shiny thing of biological link, which is, you know, not something that is uncommon among adopted kids. I, not- I think regardless on who the biological mom is or not, um, even taking that out of the equation, I think she would want to track down Katarina and that's what Red is afraid of yeah. is and that there is no stopping her when she gets on that scent. And, and, and she has the, the uh, subtlery of a rhinoceros in a eggshell farm. Yeah. She would just, I mean the same way that she had, she would lead all, she would lead everybody that cat, hiding from would lead them straight to him. I mean, she wouldn't mean to, but it would happen. Yeah, it, you know, the, the the more we advance, and I've, and I've always said, you know, and I'm glad to see you on the on the red defense train, um, <laughs> <laughs> because I've always said, you don't know why he's doing this. And there was something very interesting that happened uh, when, when Red was talking with Cooper. He was talking about you know, it was her destiny. It was, there was always, and he had it with Dembe too, saying, you know, there was always a possibility it could happen. And, and I'm, and I'm going back and I'm thinking there is something about Liz because most, most people would come down and sit down somebody. I mean, I, I, I put myself in the circumstances. You may have a very uncomfortable conversation, 
But he could have said, you know, I'm your father or I'm not your father. I took your father's name and and the reason is your mother gave you up, whatever the story is. And, you know, I I this is this is what's going on and there's going to be people coming for you. And I just wanted to and I put Tom in your life, but I know that he loves you. He, he could have done that. Right. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. In fact, if you want to see a difference, you can see the way he acted with Jennifer. Jennifer was asking questions. He gave her answers. It was simple. He asked for a question. He gave her an answer. Why doesn't he do it with Liz? It ha I mean, it has to be because something that Liz is. Emotional? Maybe. I. But that's what I was, I was going to say a minute ago. He said, I'm glad you're on the red defense train. Mm -hmm. I will say that in general, that I think that if Red had chosen a time, and I, I'm not saying this would have been an easy choice because I've said the same thing about oh, Tom. Oh, he chickened out when, many times. When, when would Tom have said, hey, babe, love you. I got hired by Raymond Reddington. I mean, like that, that would not have been a fun conversation to have. I think that there might have been a couple spots where he was thinking about it. But anyway, but I do think that if Red had chosen at some point, you know, especially there was if it one time like, he called her and she didn't pick up about the picture, the picture in the swing. And she was crying oh yeah. in the car. It was yeah. raining and she didn't pick up. And I think that that was the only time he was about to call her to tell her yeah, the truth. Maybe. Um, but season two, season three. The, I swear that's the, the golden age right there of when things could have happened. Um I think if Red had made some different choices, we could be in a very, very different place right now. But he didn't make those choices. And now at this point, she doesn't trust him. And for for valid reasons. Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's just kind of been a snowball situation. I mean, Red is not, as much as he wants everybody to think that he is omniscient here, he's not. Like, he doesn't know everything. He doesn't... He has made a lot of mistakes. He is human. And he's very good at projecting this. Infallibility, but he's not. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, I think that we're looking at the culmination of people that are very flawed, making their flawed mistakes. And here we are towards the end with the chaos that's rained down because of it. But, I mean, I do agree with you. There is There is chances that he had. And I identified that one for me. But there is something else that I saw in um, it, it, I, over, this sum, over the summer and this hiatus, I did a, a couple of very, very long series. And when I was analyzing the fire, um, there, was a, there was a moment in, in there that I realized this happened. Because Liz got out of the closet. She was told to stay in the closet. In, and she didn't. You know, she saw that girl that she thinks is her telling her daddy said not to come out. She was seen. Then, then again, she is told to stay in the closet. She doesn't. She goes out, then she grabs a gun and does it. Lee, Liz has 
very a, a very poor impulse control and and i i went back and and you know i keep going back to this thing that that fake that um blonde cat is this biological mother she gave her away but liz missed those first six months you remember in season one when um liz doesn't want to take time off to have a baby and they're gonna adopt and and everybody's telling her those six months are essential and look at what liz did with agnes she missed those six months because she preferred to fake her death it was one month oh well yeah th- that month and then and then she did she went back to work she was saying about we even mentioned it in our podcast of the time like she thought the 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 baby the kirk with a with a camera was like a baby monitor yeah and tommy's like it's not <laughs> i spent time with this kid the kid is not yeah. supposed to just be on the monitor <laughs> yeah. yeah so so liz was a very um when very like a better than you do there's an issue <laughs> yeah Exactly. And I think that that when we're giving that thing that that Liz, um, you know, she wanted to be a part of the baby. But basically what she wanted was a full time nanny. She didn't want to have that child. She just wanted a nanny to take care of the challenge and she would like pop in their life. She likes the idea of a kid, not necessarily the child itself. So I think, at least early on, I think she's I think she's gotten better with Agnes. But yes. then again, where's Agnes right now? Where's Agnes? So. But there is there is a thing that I'm seeing. It goes like a theme that is being repeated that Liz lacks that emotional bond that happens to a child in those first months. It doesn't have to be a biological mother. It has to be someone. She has a lot of trouble connecting with people. Again, I think one of the things that drew she and and Tom together, they both had trouble making those deep connections. I also think... In in childhood. Yeah, I think that they made the connection back when they were two, three years old. I, I think that's the only way... That with everything we've seen with both of them, that it makes sense. They they felt familiar, and is that familiar familiar? Can't talk familiarity. You know familiarity. What I'm Thank you. <laughs> Apparently, my tongue is not working. Um, but it is that the built into what they they grew into over the years, they and why they look back. Yeah, exactly. And so, but I don't think Liz feels that a lot. Like. For me, I the way I write, the way I would come at it with a character, the stuff she's been with been through with her task force, that should be her family right now. Like that that should be the group that she goes to and has their back no matter what. And yet she it's doesn't. not. No. Like she she is capable of lying straight to their faces the whole episode and going yeah, of course I'm on your side. Of course I'm on your side. Because it's what she needed to say. Now, I think that she has told herself she's protecting them by researching this in 13. I think that in her, at least in her mind, she is qualifying mm-hmm. what she's doing. So she's had to but make it more acceptable, more palatable. But she's still capable of doing it. Yeah. She was still capable of... I mean, she sees Red as a father figure, whether he's her biological father or not. She sees him in that light. And she, she sent him to death, to, to death row just the same. Yep. And she lied to Cooper and she lied to Wrestler and she lied to Aram that had non, done a nothing 
but being of help. So there is there is a, a fundamentally damaged okay. character that I think was missing. And now we're getting the story. Um, so let's say that, I mean, that Liz did, was indeed born. In, I mean, the, the one thing that, that I think is important here is we have to go back to is Liz Masha. Not lived as Masha. That is out of the question. She did live as Masha. Red said that Liz was born in Moscow, right? Uh, Russia was a very tight government with con control. People could not move to a different apartment or a different city without having a permit, without being told that they could do so. Uh, it wasn't like there is midwives that giving birth to children because somebody will, they were informing on each other. They were paid under the threat that their relatives will die or be taken to Siberia on everything. So she didn't live in Russia. She lived in Canada. So how on earth did a pregnant Katerina supposedly got in Russia, had a child in She's a rumor that the Russians didn't know that she existed because the law said, I don't know, they said she had a child. So there is no way of looking at it any other way. She was not born as Masha Rostova. She was born to another woman under a different name. And the fate of that child disappeared. That's why she can be a rumor and nobody knows she existed. So there is a whole thing happening here that how did she get out of Russia? I think it's a good question. She has some severe trauma and I think yeah. it goes back to that time when, before the time she was born in Russia and the time she appeared in Canada with Katerina. Yeah. It's, I, you may be onto something there. That makes a lot of sense with the it, whether there's a different biological mother or she was just separated from Katerina, whatever the case may be, I that's interesting. That's it's a very interesting. Yeah, I'll give thought. you one little tidbit more. Remember, Red said that moving stolen children is very difficult. There is copious amount of paperwork. <laughs> so he knows. He knows exactly. Um, so I had a question, and it's along the uh, the lines of red. Um, that story about the cat, it was a lengthy story with lots of details told in very much the James Spader, you know, sort of way. Um, but it was, it almost felt like filler but I know it wasn't. Um, what do you there think? There was a cat that looked into his soul. Yeah, but I mean, he just kept going back to the cat. Yeah. And it was it was just a really bizarre thing. Yeah, I remember the, the music back? playing in season two with our house was a very fine house with oh, two cats in the yard. I love that Two song. cats in the yard. Two cats. Oh. And... Oh, and okay. there is a cat that looked into my soul. I was taking it very literally. 
because you're a cat person. You're not I am. cat. <laughs> it's my, you know, my cat's not in here, but uh, yeah. Interesting. And so talking about a kitten, I wonder if he knew. Ah, that's, that's interesting. Okay. I want that cat. <laughs> I want that cat. He wants cat back. I want to go I love back it. home. Oh. I haven't been home for years. You're my way home. Interesting. All right. Thank you. I thought you might have some insight that I hadn't seen on it. I, thank you. Um. So. Can I plug I, a little something there since you gave me the opening? Ah, go for it. I know you're not into my Catalina theory, but do you remember there was a character that was shown with a little cat picture on the side? She was being a she she would be abducted at that point. There was a U.S. marshal going for her, and there is a picture in the wall. She's bringing a glass of wine and she's drinking Chardonnay, and there is a little picture of a black cat. Oh, okay. Nope, I do not remember that. Naomi Highland. I mean, I knew who you were talking about, mm -hmm. but I did not remember that there was a picture of a cat. Yep. And so interesting. And there were two cats in the yard. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's, it's they don't crazy. to put a symbol there. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, what else do you want to talk about? I think that's it. Um, you want to talk about that beautiful scene with Denver? I thought we did. Did we not? I, I lost her, and and I. I oh no, I we knew didn't that there was a chance that I would, but I just kept doing yep. it. He was so despondent. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think that's been one of his biggest fears along the way is that he would get her back because he spent so many years separated from her and looking at a distance, kind of like Liz watching Agnes through the, the camera. But once you start making that emotional connection, then it becomes real. And I think it's become real for Red in so many ways, that connection with her. And that's been, I think that's part of why he hasn't divulged everything in fear of losing her. It was, it was Schrodinger's cat. If he told her, she was gone. If he didn't tell her, she was gone. It could have been both. It could have been, you know, it would have been one way or the other, but he didn't know what it was. And it came. Yeah, it I found it interesting that um, in 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 uh, 508, when Tom died, um, he gave Red a chance to tell him. And he asked him very, you know, clearly, so who's in the back? Red didn't answer, so he took off with the, with the bones. I found it interesting that in this episode, Liz gave Red a couple of chances to give her the truth. But what I found most interesting about this episode is Red telling uh, Cooper that he had been giving a, an education but the most important thing and I it, it that's a one that the part where I get really angry with Liz is you haven't learned to ask questions you go off you assume you I mean look at what Red does uh, I I can't believe you did this the first thing Red asked did what he doesn't assume he knows what people are talking about because that's how you get in trouble. 
So he always asks questions and you ask and you ask until you get one answer, a simple question, a simple answer. Well, I mean, and that's that's what I meant at the beginning of the recording where I said that I had some things with the way that Liz is being written that have frustrated me greatly because it feels like they're dumbing her down. Um, and so I, I still, I mean, no, she's not learned how to handle red. Um, part of that is an emotional situation. I think right now, though, and, and this is my hope, is that she is taking herself, that she's choosing herself. That, yes, she's allowing Blonde Cat to think she's on her side. She's allowing everybody to think she's on Blonde Cat's side because to her, that looks like the path that she'll get to the answers. Maybe not trusting this woman entirely, but she's she's useful. It's a means to an end. Mm. And so but, I think yeah. that's what she's doing. And if that's what she's doing, more power to her. I hate that she did it to the task force. I think that if she should trust anybody, it should be that. But the whole conversation about, you know, making those emotional connections, I think may help sort of make that piece of the puzzle make sense to me. Mm-hmm. I think that she's just missing that. And mm-hmm. um, I she mean, it, it's, very, it's very, it's uh, very, it's common. It's, it's not like every child who's a, who's adopted is like that, but children who have been abandoned. And, and uh, I think then you have to also get a little bit of, of, um, of history in, in uh, Russia of the time, although they did get much better at the end. Uh, in the early day, there were lots and lots of orphanages. And children were basically, you know, you you would be evaluated. And if you were a good athlete, you will be a good, you will be an athlete, whether you liked it or not. Yeah. Uh, so there was, there was, I mean, all that 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 blonde cat is talking about is kind of makes sense uh, that that um, she was trying to spare that, or maybe she just left Liz in one of those. I mean, there is something seriously missing in Liz, and she is emotionally compromised. But look at Red. Red should have realized long time ago that this woman is conning him, and he doesn't. He's emotionally involved. Yeah, I mean, we said Tom did that with his parents all through redemption. And so, I mean, it's a running theme. Um... Emotions will get you, will get you, uh, will get you killed because they will. You get involved, you get emotionally involved, and you don't think. Yep. So All it right. was a great episode. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought it was a good one. Um, I for not being <laughs> designed as the first, and I'm sure they did some tweaking on it to make it a good, you yeah, know. Yeah, because this is technically what um, seven eight, nineteen. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they did a. I think it was a great episode for that. Yeah. I mean, and that that episode tends to have kind of a spark anyway because you're leading into the end of your season. Mm-hmm. But I, it was an excellent, you know, for for not necessarily having been designed to be a, a season premiere episode, it was very well done. Yeah. Very well. So uh, that's all I've got. You got anything? I got nothing. All right. Well, you can. Listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. We're no longer doing YouTube because I am done fighting that battle. It was taking me like 24 hours to upload, and that's absurd. I don't have the time or the energy. Um, 
And uh, you can chat with us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Tumblr. And Tessa is on Reddit. I am also on Reddit. I do not look at it. Chat with her on Reddit, and she will let me know. Because <laughs> I'm afraid I will miss you if you try to talk to me on Reddit. I'm not even sure I would get the notice. Um, but yeah, we love talking to you guys. So feel free to chat with us. Very open to it. Very excited to hear back from you. And until um, next time. Yeah. I'm so we, excited for the next episode. You think she's going to die? I don't know. I really don't. I um, hope she doesn't. She's a great villain. <laughs> oh, there's been a lot of good villains over the years. All right, guys. Stay safe. Stay well. Um, we'll see you next have week. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.